0: Hello and welcome to the latest Global Custodian podcast, my name is John Watkins and I'm joined today by Paul Walsh, Richard Schwartz and Connor Guidry, got that right Connor? Yes, yes sir. Connor's uh, our, our intern uh, for a short while at uh, Global Custodian, how are you finding it so far Connor? It's pretty great, England, England's not too bad. Yeah, that's good, complimenting there somewhere. <laughs> so we're recording this the morning after the Global Custodian Leaders event in London, we had a great turnout for the event, and I think um, I, I speak for everyone when I say it was a success and some really interesting discussions from our um, A-list panel, which consisted of Satvinder Singh from Deutsche Bank, Penny Biggs from Northern Trust, Kian Burke from HSBC, and Sanjeev Sani from uh, City. And it was actually chaired by Marcus Reitman. Who we pitched as CEO of Schroders, but kindly left the company um, in between the, the period of us uh, asking him to moderate the panel and when the panel actually took place. So uh, it was, which was good
1: for us, I think, <laughs> because it, he seemed a lot freer of the constraints that he might otherwise have had if he'd been speaking as the CEO of Schroders.
0: Absolutely, he he brought the panel to life, that's for sure, didn't he? With uh, um, with his character, so. We're just going gonna to go over some of the things that were talked about at the event for anyone that wasn't there, uh, You yeah, talk about what we liked, what was discussed. Uh, Richard, why don't we start with you then? Uh, obviously, you saying Marcus um, was, was quite the, the, the moderator and, and entertainer on the panel, and um, now he's free from uh, Schroeder's. He, he kind of spoke without restraint.
1: Yes, but also I think it was very good having someone from the buy side actually moderating the panel. Because journalists, you know, we could have all asked what we think are tough questions, but when Marcus asks the questions, he's speaking to people who, at some time or another, uh, you know, he's probably been a client of theirs. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they, you know, they have to they have to think a bit harder about their answers, and I think they did. You know, generally, I think people were pretty honest on the panel, and um, the one thing that I found that I hadn't thought about that came up was the question of talent. I think it was Penny who raised it first, but that was an interesting issue. And I was wondering, I was going to ask a question, but I didn't get around to it. If if each of the panelists looked around their shop, I'd be interested to know if the average age of people working Mm. there had stayed the same, gone up, gone down over Mm. the past Five to ten years, I would have thought probably have gone
0: up. In gone up in age, in age, which yeah. is
1: part of the problem,
0: I think. Exactly. I think when they're addressing this millennial problem, it's, it's in the future as much as it is now. You know, these kids, as you could say, are going to be leaving university and they're looking for jobs, and you've got the banks in one hand, and you've got tech firms, and then you've got Apple and Google, and suddenly banks aren't the only ones that pay these wages. Uh, and the, the culture is really not appealing to, to the characteristics of these millennials. So it was an yeah. interesting point.
1: And also, it's not an immediate attraction to. You know, no, one, no one comes out of education and says, oh, you know what I really want to do? I want to work on global security services. <laughs> you know, Google, Facebook, it's much more yeah. obviously attractive. So they really have to make a case for attracting people.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, a point from Sap yesterday was that success will, will attract that talent. So the more we talk about blockchain and, and the more we use the yeah, use of art, artificial intelligence and robo-advisors, all these things coming into to force, that should then attract these these this young talent. But at the same time, it's chicken and egg because surely that young talent are actually developing these, these technologies. Exactly. So, yeah, it's an interesting one to watch. Um, I, I think one of the other points that came up... The talent thing was that the millennials they're, they're likely, their attention span for a company is three to four years now, yeah, a lot of analysts have been at these companies for for decades um, Yes, yeah, so I mean,
1: the point that I think several people have made about showing uh, millennials a career path within the institution is a good thing to do but that won't necessarily keep them in the, in the institutions, I think mean, people do like to move around a bit more than they used
0: <coughs> that's it and I, th- yeah. I think the solution to that is once they're in the company can you offer them different roles so Savinder was pointing out if you're in the front office do you then go into operations if you can hit yeah. a drill in the background of uh, <laughs> that podcast no. here then we're, we're sorry for that um, so yeah any, any other thoughts from, from the panel Rich um,
1: no I mean a lot of the issues that were discussed have been issues in security services for a long time yeah yeah uh, so that's corporate actions is probably one of the unresolved, big unresolved issues, but, but there's unfortunately there doesn't seem, to, there's been a lot of will to make it better and less painful, but not a lot of ways that people can identify to actually reach that goal. Yeah. Um, collateral management, clearly, we didn't touch on it that much, but it's, Clearly now are a challenge because of the various regulations that demand more okay. transparency on on collateral. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good overview of what, what's on people's minds.
0: Yeah. So we would talk about the, the long term uh, topics that we've addressed there, but you know, in a short term sense, something that's just cropped up over the last week has been Brexit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the panel had to address Brexit. There was no way to be left out the conversation despite ourselves having a week of contacting banks and, well, getting an official statement and, and not much more, really, but I think due to the uncertainty and, uh, um, you know, the, the the market being very up and down over the last week, the people have not wanted to make bold statements or commitments, but last night I felt like we had a bit of... Uh, a bit of candle when it came to it. So, uh, Connor, what what, uh, what did you take away from from the Brexit checks? I know you wrote a piece this morning. Do you see?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly like you said. People are getting sick of Brexit now because it's already a week into it. We already basically a lot of people have already come out with statements. However, the banks or these custodian banks in particular really didn't say anything immediate post Brexit. Mm-hmm. So, this is kind of like the first time we're actually hearing their their input and, and what they think and their actions. And, and it was actually uh, honestly amazing just to, just to hear them because uh, I in my opinion, they seemed very optimistic and confident. And I, I'm obviously not trying to be biased in terms of leave or remain because I'm not educated enough. And I guarantee you they weren't being biased at all. They were just saying like, here's what happened. We can't do anything about it. We need to come up with a plan and a solution to Help our clients and not worry about these markets because it's it's in a cycle and, it, and it, things will happen. However, these these banks. Uh, one of one of the uh, panel members, Satvinder Singh of Deutsche, he he commented, "We survived two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and if if people are going to compare Brexit." to the financial crisis of 2008, I think it's a bit a bit unjustified. And he, yeah. he definitely went on to say that for months on end, I mean, the currencies and, and, and everything was in the red just for so long back then. And, and now we get a, a significant dip, but not too much. And, and people are claiming, like, there's going to be immediate recession and uh, the global economy is going to collapse. And I think... Uh, Definitely, the panel really highlighted the fact that people need to calm down. People need to back off and, and kind of focus on what you've been doing before, just handling your job, because panicking isn't going to help anybody. And and then another one of the panelists actually uh, had a had a great quote here. Penny Penny Biggs of Northern Trust. She said, "If there was ever an example of making a drama out of a crisis, this was definitely one." <laughs> If we settle down a bit, there's a fighting chance that we all might just be fine. Wow, that's straight out of a Hollywood uh, blockbuster, <laughs> that one, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I think
0: the, the message was, um, you know, let's not overreact. There's, I, I think Ian from HSBC kind of said, well, the dust settled now and we're, we're back to we're back to business. <clears throat> so, you know, we're, we're kind of moving on. Um, but there obviously is this uncertainty and panic, and I'm sure it will for plenty of uh, articles for us over the next uh, couple of years well, as, as the dust yeah, continues to and settle and so. that
3: uncertainty will probably stay the same until we have officially left the EU because people seem to be forgetting but we are still in the EU as we speak so until we've actually gone all we'll hear is uncertainty and not much in the way of certainty or not left the EU <laughs> <It's another> <laughs> which I think I'm everybody, I think everybody yeah. on this podcast would like but um, <laughs> we live in hope yeah. Yeah,
1: but that is the kind of message you'd expect to get from a custodian because their job is really to be the you know the prudent mm. backstop for anything that any crazy stuff that anyone else is doing. Yeah, in a in a bank and in an organisation, you know, their job is to be reliable, prudent, and steady. So, did they do the job yesterday? Did the audience. I, I think they did after? well. They certainly weren't more excitable after. Yeah, that. I think you know that. I think it did calm the. Maybe by a, c- a couple
0: of degrees cooler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to say we planned the event to be just after the Brexit vote, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't the outcome. So, uh, no, as well as Brexit, we, there was also a long discussion on T2S <laughs> as well, which probably uh, that's a topic close to your heart. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what was the kind of sentiment around T2S? I know Marcus uh, Mm -hmm. had some harsh words for it. Yeah, that's
3: something of an understatement. Yes, T2S did arise, and Marcus, in his role as uh, a former COO, was able to shoot from the hip and describe it as, and I quote, a project of compromises and excuses which has missed all of its targets. Strong words, <laughs> strong words indeed. Um, but it's a rather interesting discussion between a couple of our panelists, uh, Satvinder and uh, Kian from Deutsche and HSBC respectively. With Satvinder sort of arguing that the two kind of buzzwords in the industry that are no longer buzzwords and that are actual reality are uh, access to collateral and optimizing liquidity. And T2S has become a catalyst and has sort of increased that. and in that regard, that made T2S a success. However, Kian's argument being that since T2S was created 10 years ago this month, I believe, uh, that it's, it's, initially, its overall initiatives were to reduce settlement costs and give a sort of harmonized platform. Mm-hmm. Since they have not been achieved, T2S isn't a success. So saying T2S is a success because collateral is easily accessed and liquidity has been optimized, it just doesn't work that way. So there are benefits. So, mm-hmm.
0: That have been realised, mm-hmm. but yep. to call it a success, um, mm-hmm. referring to its initial mm-hmm. objective, yeah,
3: absolutely, is right. Okay. That, that just reflects how the market has changed within that ten-year period, I suppose. Because, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of collateral making T2s a success, a lot of people in the industry have said that in recent months. So,
1: but I think, to Saffinder's point, it it was a case of if you look at in aggregate mm-hmm. at the costs of t to S to you as a participant if you take into account the impact on liquidity and and, um, access to collateral your overall costs have probably gone down Mm -hmm. so there has been a more than offset for the higher settlement costs Mm -hmm. which so so Kian is absolutely right historically Mm -hmm. but the market's moved on I think since Mm -hmm. then
0: Okay. So, um, any other any other kind of quotes from that panel, Paul, that you particularly
3: liked? Uh, um, I mean,
0: aside from Marcus's, uh, you know, uh, it was called "Target Two Securities," but it hasn't met any of its targets.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, that yeah, makes it sort of all the more ironic, and it's particularly that it was the by side that kind of gave criticism to uh, 2 Yeah, yeah so that, that.
0: that quote from Marcus was actually mm-hmm. him gathering uh, information from his, his by side sources, mm-hmm. and that's that's what he gathered. So, there's obviously, a bit of anger out there from those guys. <laughs> so, okay, so any any other points on on the panel? Yeah, anything I felt we didn't discuss, or
2: no, pretty much everything. You're doing your millennial
0: bit. Kind of done that
2: already, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for for a kid that knows very little about custodian banking, mm-hmm. I felt like the panel was very informing, and it was very, very uh, inspiring. I'd say. Yeah. To see it just. In a world where Donald Trump may be the next president of my great nation, <laughs> and uh, the United Kingdom is leaving the EU, Scotland may secede or uh, leave the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. and I guess I guess the panel had—I mean, that's what they're obviously supposed to do. But I mean, they were very confident, and I don't know. I guess it's it's kind of reassuring just to just to see their their view on all the changing in technology and, like, the so-called disruptive uh, technology and changes in basically everything going on in terms of government and the economy, so, yeah.
1: Did it make you want to go and work for a custodian?
2: I, I think I like sitting on the sidelines, <laughs> but uh, I like, I'll talk about them, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I, you know, the, the point of this panel was to... Yeah, for the real A-list of, of European uh, custodians out there, and I think that's what we got. Uh, and having Marcus Reutemann, you know, bias voice, moderate it, and then push them towards perhaps topics that may not have been asked at you, you know, some of the other conferences that are moderated yeah. by another industry, uh, you know, body then. Yeah, we ended up with this very open conversation where we've got these, these, these great quotes and, and good stories off of it. So, um, you know, we, we, we achieved what we wanted to, I think, in the end. And uh, hopefully, Global Custodian will, will keep doing these events. And, uh, so, keep an eye out for more, whether you attended last night's or, or not. And you know, we'll be looking at this not just in London, but New York and, and all over the world. So, uh, let's hope we can do more. I think that's, that's pretty much it then. Um, Paul, unless you, did you have some social media reaction to the event? That's all you wanted to.
3: Um, there were a certain number of um, tweets that kind of raised a few eyebrows. One particular one was a quote from Keegan uh, where Marcus Reutemann was summing up the panel and he was asked. And he asked the question, "Kim, do you agree with what the panel has discussed on Brexit? And Kim's glorious response was, I agree, let's get a beer. <laughs> if only, if, if only, if only kind of every arrangement in custody was resolved that way, maybe the industry would be uh, uh, a bit more easy to work with.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for tuning in to this week's podcast. And we'll probably see you again next week. Actually, where well, we've got some special guests on from BNP Paribas. So keep an ear out for that. Thank you for listening.